Hello, dearest friend. Happy Thursday. I am so jazzed. I know I say this every time I have an interview, but I'm so jazzed for this week's interview and for you to get not only to hear my client Andy's story of how he has moved through this transition from thinking of himself as a bad decision maker, which he says in our chat, like he found out that was a myth. Yay. But he goes through his story of identifying as a bad decision maker who was indecisive, had 33 ideas, could not pick a goal, was frustrated at not making progress, was frustrated at not trusting himself and feeling like a good decision maker, all the way to where he is now, which feels like a confident decision maker who is decided on goals, who feels good about what he's doing and clear on what he's doing, which was not the case when we met. So, so fun. So if you're in any kind of stuck or frustrated with yourself or option paralysis kind of place, or if you are saying yes to everything because you're so afraid of what you're going to miss out on, or you're so afraid of people getting mad at you for saying no to stuff, you're definitely going to take so much from this conversation. But I'm also super duper jazzed because Andy is a very transparent, honest person. And we didn't really have it. We never have a script for these conversations, but I asked him, what do you want to talk about? And he sent me this list of just all of his, you know, biggest takeaways from our work together. And what our conversation ends up being is a really transparent look at what coaching's like, which I think is just so invaluable for anyone considering hiring anyone, really, because bringing someone onto your team, whether it's me, a different coach, or an entirely different service provider is a potentially vulnerable challenging, scary thing. So I can't wait for you to just get an insider's look, a behind the scenes look at the experience because he tells, he talks about it all from booking the consult to how he felt like going into the consult, like a little bit scared at getting sold at. And then he was relieved to find out, oh, this isn't scary and I don't feel sold at. And how in, it was kind of an intimidating decision to make, to even hire me. And he talks about the money thoughts that came up and how that was a challenge. Super honest about everything. And then he talks about what it's like to have a coach and what it's like to start the process out and get a bunch of clarity and get help and tools immediately in making decisions. And then what it's like to continue because we've been working together for a decent chunk of time now. So he, you just get to hear what it's like when from someone who's like, yeah, I live a regular life and I have a life coach. And I just think that, oh, I wish that I hadn't heard more <laughs> stories like that so that my initial decision to hire a coach wasn't so fraught and didn't take so much time and I didn't overthink it and overcomplicate it so much. So please enjoy this conversation with my client and friend and amazing human, Andy Green, and make sure that you check out the show notes because everything that we talk about is linked, including the episode on his podcast, which is the Naked Man podcast, where he deep dives in his decision to join Decision Masters. He recorded that fairly soon after he joined. So I think that's a really fun insider's look as well. So I can't wait for you to get to it. Let's go do it. Enjoy. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the Decision Masters podcast. 
Hi, Kirsten. Thank you for having me. Yay! We sound so official. Yeah, my mission is for you to not regret this decision. Uh, well, <laughs> what would what would you think I have to say about that? <laughs> is that something you need to take responsibility for? Yeah, no, it's not. I, I said that to sass you right off the bat uh, to set you go. up for, for that. Yeah, no, obviously. This is a relationship <laughs> that we have between coaches and clients, you guys. It, it's like purely professional, no fun at all. No, if I laugh, uh, I lose time on our calls, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. you take a minute away for every like every compliment you give yourself and every time you laugh. Woof. Yeah, that would be a lot. Always on topic, never straying. Um, yeah, but no, I, I thought about that. I actually did. I was like, I think that is the where the nerves come from. If I've ever on someone else's podcast, it's way different than being on my own, where it's like. Oh, I don't want to fuck up someone else's show, someone else's baby. I know having babies myself, that like pressure. But then of course, you made the decision to invite me and I just have to be Andy. So, yeah. and I can be Andy. <laughs> yes. Well, you sent me a whole list of things that you're like, yes. here's all the things that we could talk about with decision-making. We could talk about my favorite, my Kirsten's favorite life mantra. If it were easy, it'd be easy. You said we could talk about the different voices around the table. Mm. Yes, and? I I mean, I can talk about all those. I think the yes and and the voices sort of seem similar in some way because it's like that there are multiple Andes rattling around, helping. They're all on the same team. I think that's actually what you've instilled is that they're all on the same team. I think sometimes it doesn't really feel like that or that they want different things. Or, But what's true is that those voices just have different ways of going about them or different fears um, and sort of trying to identify which Andy is at the table, you know, raising their hand. The one who is concerned about the sound or the other thing is like a very helpful person to be, even though you, you don't want that person to be there the whole time during this conversation. I think that's been something that I continue to learn. And and also it just like fits into me as a person. There are characters everywhere in what I'm working on, but it's like, oh, I, I myself have 12 characters in my brain. Thousand percent. I think we all have those. And there can be like stock characters, right? There can be like the internalized industrialization voice that everyone has their own version of where it's like you have to be working super efficiently and nonstop and producing widgets from sunup to sundown or you don't matter and you're not good <laughs> right or that day was a failure if you didn't do yeah you have to be working at all times uh that's what we've learned yeah and and that's actually a big thing that i feel like working on is working on not working i mean i feel like i hired you or signed up to like help with my career that was the basis it sounds ironic to be like oh do less is actually helpful for your career but i think that is true uh it's really hard to learn uh to yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about why you signed up because I feel like that is something that you didn't super want to hear from me. We're going to do less. We're going to we're gonna pick the things that we're not going to do. What made you interested in coaching in the first place? And you talk on your podcast, which we'll link in the show notes to how you made the decision. But what did you want help with? Uh, well, I think it was the first step was, oh, I need or want help in general. You know, and I think there was the idea that I just have so many different shiny objects that I want to follow and pursue 
And I just always found myself in the overwhelm in that rather than having clarity on it. Uh, but I mean, what really happened was, you know, talking to a mutual friend of ours, who's like, just with like five minutes of talking to me, she's like, you need to meet <laughs> uh, my friend Kirsten. Uh, yeah. She do she does this. She helps with like the indecision or the, uh, you know, just making choices about your life. And also just sort of, I can be very militant about working when I'm in it, but the actual organization or planning or the certain goals and specifics, that's where I I don't do it because I'm I'm in the overwhelm or I'm in the anxiety of what I'm supposed to be doing rather than put one step in front of the other. And I think that's sort of where you come in. And I think it was hard to make that decision. I mean, I think spending money, especially back then, was really hard. Uh, yeah. At, at the time, I didn't have much money coming in, but also just the idea of spending money on something for me is like that feels like a, a hard thing to do because I, I didn't often feel like reward myself with help or felt like, oh, that's mm -hmm. something other people need, not me. But then there's also like if you take a, let's say, like take a basketball lesson, I feel like there's maybe something very specific that you'll learn in that. I don't know. But in, in terms of this, it feels slightly more esoteric. Like there's no output that is expected, but that I think was, it didn't, it wasn't actually a risk once I thought about it. And then once I've, you know, gone through this with you, I feel like you feel like an indispensable part. Like you're basically a coworker, uh, you know, that's what it, it feels like. Coworker slash boss slash friend slash like employee kind of too. Like you're taking notes yeah. during our <laughs> uh, sessions and stuff and then sending it back. So it's like, there's a lot of value in that. And it, it really, you're kind of my organizing tool, you know? Does that make yes. sense? Yes. Yeah. It totally makes sense. I feel like this is exactly <laughs> what we were talking about your last session too, because we were talking about not to like share your personal stories. No, I mean, please. Because it's not if you want me to, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but the idea that is very common in like lifelong learners and especially like creative lifelong learners where we can tend to demote ourselves in the presence of any kind of authority figure, whether it's at school or work. But really, I love that you're naming this because you hired me. I do work for you, right? I'm a person you chose to bring onto your team. I feel like it's really helpful to name because this is where people can get stuck and not actually get value from coaching is because they think, A, somebody's perfect, so I need to learn how to be perfect from them, which is never going to end up the way we want it to. Wait, you're not perfect, Kirsten? <laughs> Just follow my Instagram. You'll see. <laughs> right? Like we pedestalize people. Yes. And we just hand all of our power over to them because they're like, well, they're in charge here, which for a coaching program, which is meant to help you communicate more clearly with yourself is not going to work. Or that good student mentality. I totally get stuck in that with my coaches where I'm like, I just want them to like me or I just want to do a good job. I just want to do all the work really well. I just want to master all of these tools that they're giving me and I should be able to use them well and correctly. So I kind of love that you're that you brought that up because it's like my job is to help you get the most out of this service in whatever way works for you. So it is to support you, to be on your team, to encourage you to like call out when 
you might be getting in your own way, not using a tool, but also call out when you're making yourself wrong for stuff that you don't maybe need to. Yeah. Well, and when I think it took a little bit to realize like, oh yeah, I, I hired you and I can use you. That's what that means. Uh, <laughs> and I think, and I, that happened in, you know, therapy and my physical therapy and other things where it's like, I'm sort of, I am paying them or they are doing their job, but it feels like I, yeah, I'm in student mode where I'm just sort of, they're, they're the director. I just sort of show up and mm. then I'm like, oh wait, no, I can, I can direct this too. Or at least I'm actually the one in charge. Like it's my body, it's my brain, it's my company, my money, all the different things. And I think also in terms of the student mindset, I think there's also just sort of this, or it's maybe not student, it's more like this desire for you or whoever situation I'm in for them to do it for me. I think there's something, yeah. some of that too. And so that's part of me being maybe diminutive or like l feeling less than it's like, oh, well, this is the expert. Like maybe they can just do it for me. Like that would be yeah. great. That's, I don't, they don't have to make any decisions. Uh, and of course that's not how it works at all. But our brains go there. Like my brain for sure goes there. I just hired a new business coach and part, like one of the voices around my table was like, she'll just make the money for us, right? <laughs> like, well, no, but it's okay. <laughs> but this is such a such an important decision-making mechanism to lift off of this particular situation and just look at how does this apply everywhere else in my life? Because, and this is like my question to everyone listening, right? It's like, what are you keeping yourself distanced from? Because you think, oh, I'm too intimidated by that or... I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a good enough job at that when really you could reframe that and see some opportunity for you to just take something, use something for you and take up space on your way to getting it, right? Yeah. I mean, I think taking up space is, I feel like that's hard for a lot of people, but certainly me or like I, you know, don't want to. I mean, it's uncomfortable, I think, but it's also, that's an excuse to limit maybe what you want to do or achieve. It's like, oh, could I possibly do that? I don't know what that looks like, but the only way you know is to try it. And that's, I mean, that's a long process, I think, but saying yes, <laughs> like, I think that's what it is. It's like saying yes to Kirsten was then like, oh, I can made it easier to say yes to other things. Yeah. It's really setting that precedent. Like I take up space in my life. <laughs> I, I spend money and time on myself and that affects how you show up in other situations. Like I'm even thinking of a lot of struggles people have with doctors, right? Because doctors are so intimidating and authoritative and they act very busy and some of them, not all of them, but you can miss out on not even just like opportunities to fulfill your potential and achieve things and be happier, but also like ask a critical question in a doctor's office because, you know, that's how far that habit extends. Yeah. I think that happens so many times where you're actually not necessarily getting the benefit of the whole thing. Like I'm going to the doctor for a physical because that's what I'm supposed to do. And at least that's like step one. Like that's a big, that's a victory for, I think, old Andy. It's like actually having a physical. But then after that, it's like, oh, coming and actually having questions or things to share. Like, I think a lot of times it's like, I just want to get out once you're there. Yeah. And then you're like wasting, well, you're wasting everyone's time, but you're also sort of just assuming again that the doctor will somehow spot like by like staring through your soul, like if there's something wrong. But I mean, we talked about like my physical therapy in, in our last session about how, I don't know, I mean, getting the sense that she wasn't necessarily listening to me and she was just sort of using her exp expertise, but she doesn't, like I am the expert on myself, right? And I think that's, and that's the, 
yay, confetti. And I think that's, again, the same thing with, with us too, is that, I mean, I think you now might have a, a minor in Andy, but I have a doctorate or whatever. Doctorate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think like it's easy to forget that. There's a reason you're both in the room, right? Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's really great permission for anyone who's thinking about bringing anyone onto their team. And that's really the way I like to think about it. It really puts you in a position to feel like you are empowered to get what you came for. And that's, I think, that's why coaching works is because if you hire the right coach for your situation, it works because you're both there for the same reason to make sure you get what you came for. Yeah, it extends to everything. Like you pointed out, I think like, I mean, you get what you put into something, right? And even this last week, like I went to the, we talked about it, a writer's day thing. And I, I'm glad I went, but I didn't feel like I necessarily got everything that I hoped and dreamed for. But I also, I didn't necessarily have an intentionality for the, the conference itself because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But I, that's something that I think our talks help with a lot is like, intentionality. And that goes to like the physical thing again, too. So many times I like would go to a doctor's office and I would not mention the things that are maybe bothering me, even if it's so small, because I just, that's in my head. It's so small. It's not worth this person's time. But what the hell, why am I even going then? No more smallifying ourselves. I love it. So you got, you, you wanted to make some decisions. (laughs) So (laughs) your friend was like, there is a person for this. You called me, you made it through the decision, which is always the, like, it's for at least half the people, that's the hardest part, like making the decision to join the program about making decisions. So (laughs) yeah, it's very validating uh, that for anyone, (laughs) someone who just joined the program said that same thing. And I was like, yep, you're not alone. This is like, yep, this is what I made it for. You decided you were going to invest, even though that was hard too. Right. I mean, it felt hard. It felt challenging. It did. Well, and yeah, the whole sort of, I I remember that first like sort of session, it was like a free session to like, see if this would work. And, you know, there's, yeah, it was very meta in terms of like, it felt like kind of the first episode of our program. Like this is the pilot. Like, how is this decision going to go? How hard is it for me to make? It also bled into like the money aspect where, I mean, it's, I think it's easy for anyone listening, like debating to go onto a coach and paying anyone that's a vulnerable place. It's a hard place to be, but it's also, well, I think that's what sold it is like you weren't, obviously I have to pay you to get your help, but it wasn't about money. It was very much like this is for, this hour is for you regardless, but then this is what you'll get. Uh, it, I don't know. It didn't feel like you were a salesman, saleswoman, sales. You weren't, yeah, it didn't feel like that, which I think would have maybe scared, you know, young Andy away. Now I'm old and yeah. wise, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I picked it. My husband gives me shit for it a lot of the time because he's like, you picked a weird niche. Like you, you could have built any business you wanted and you're good at this. So keep going. But it is interesting how you sell decision help to people who struggle with making decisions. And I was like, I know I get, I, I'm up, I'm up for the challenge. (laughs) (laughs) It is scary to think you're putting yourself in a position to be sold at because we don't usually typically have like good experiences with being sold to or being sold at. But really my job in that first conversation, which is why 
I'm glad that you're lifting the veil off of that for people too. We just want to get clear on where where do you need help? And if making one decision incites like 20,000 different fears about this is my one and only chance to do this, I'm about to run out of time, it is not okay for me to spend money on myself, like fear, 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 great. That is really good to be able to see, just to be able to see what's happening. How are, how are you making decisions currently in your life? And then we can talk about what's changeable. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, yeah, like in a vacuum, like that one session, I think probably I, I did learn a lot. And and, uh, and that that is really funny that like you're trying to get people that, <laughs> yeah, have trouble making decisions to say kind of yes to you, but also yes to themselves. Like it's both. And I've been as the friend now, now I'm the friend trying to get people in yours. And it's like the same thing where everyone's like so indecisive or they mention like, oh, I need help with core values or I need help. And I'm like, there's a person, there's multiple people, but here's one. And like, but I, so far I have not succeeded. I also know that you, they have to make the decision. It's again on that. Um, yes. But I think also that first session is to like to make sure that we don't hate each other. Not that that would have happened, but I think like, but yeah. But that's it's a, valid, right? Yeah. That's why it's like, it, and it comes back to empowering yourself and like letting yourself be a little brave enough to take up some space. If you think you might want something that will help you, but the steps to even explore that option are so overwhelming that you keep yourself out of it. You're missing out on that entire opportunity. If you're so intimidated by that initial step, then that's yeah. good to notice. And if we can keep encouraging everybody to just take up a little more space in your own life, really notice what you're capable, like what you've already survived and what you're capable of surviving. There's so many un uncomfortable emotions you've already lived through. And you will again. And it's like, okay, let's talk to a stranger. Let's like <laughs> make an appointment with a stranger for an hour. And let's just tell them about our desires and fears. <laughs> That's easier though, sometimes than a friend or a family or like, you know what the mm. friend or family is going to say in some ways. Um, but also I think well, depending on the friend or family, and maybe that's, you know, people you don't necessarily want to be around, but you kind of, you mentioned smallifying. I like that word. Like you can kind of yeah. smallify yourself. There's a similar groove in how you always communicate. So it's harder to break out of that or to be like, to demand space in, in something that's like maybe 30 years old, like a relationship. But yeah, yeah I, I really like the, the, the metaphor of like, sort of, I mean, you're basically talking about a hero's journey where you're kind of the threshold guardian like you're the first yes. And then there's a bunch of yeses along the way, but it's kind of like, there's a top of a mountain. I think we're always like, oh, I want to get to there, but I'm too afraid. I don't know what the path is. The trick is there, you know, there's a million different paths and you're probably already, you're already on it anyway. But like, do I want to be on that path myself or can I have someone there? You're there on the path with me. And I think a lot of times it's really hard, despite having shows where I'm talking about myself, it's really hard for me to do that. That's, I think, why I do it. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to explain. Like, I think when we first talked, it's like, here's 33 ideas that I have. And just doing that was really vulnerable and hard because I just don't feel like anyone would pay attention. And, mm -hmm. and you know, and that extends to my wife. Like, it's not her job to do that either. Or it's like, I have so much backstory and things that I'm trying to communicate, but here you are actually following it and listening. And that's your job to do that. And I think that was huge because it's like, oh, it kind of makes sense when I explain it, when I talk about it, because that's, I think, a fear of mine that I don't make sense or that it's yep. very complicated. Um, yep. 
and that, yeah, your job is to sort of follow the ins and outs of my brain and the business and sort of find those, yeah, put those on top of each other. Yeah. And just help you keep communicating clearly with yourself. Something I say all the time in sessions is like, this is just you talking to you through me, right? Yeah. And we start off with something that you mentioned helped. And I think you mentioned this in your podcast episode too, that you did about it after you first signed up was how clarifying that whole vision goals and values stuff that we talked about was in order to make decisions that actually moved you forward instead of keeping you stuck in like, here's my 33 ideas. Right. It was, it was sort of like the filtration system. If these are my core values, what of the 33 things most satisfy or most adhere to those values? And the values, of course, are something that I choose. It's not like they're <laughs> chosen for me. So it's like, clearly this means something to me. So yeah. the things that most fit in that goal, like it really allowed, and I still struggle to, with this because I mean, ideas, you know, keep coming in, but mm-hmm. it's like, which one will fit in those core values? And then like what we did last time was, oh yeah, the core values can change uh, in every season of Andy's life. So yeah, unfuck with ability is where I'm at. So that's, yes. yeah. Whew. I have to update the Clarity Workshop. To have that example because it's so good. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's why we continue working together because you've found a way to use this as a regular support in your life that makes things easier and makes things work better for you. And I think that's like brilliant and simple. It is brilliant and simple. You did it. (laughs) We did did it. it. I know. That's how I that's how I treat my Pilates. I went for a presenting problem, right? I wanted to hire her because I wanted to get stronger before my wedding because I was not in a fit shape to paddleboard. We were going to Bora Bora. And I was like, I'm gonna fall. So <laughs> I hired her, toned up my arms, and then I was like, Oh, I like having this in my life as a regular, just like a regular part of my life. And we've been doing it for a year and a half since. Just it's it works and it's easy and it's simple. And there's no problem I'm going back to solve with her every single week. But it definitely makes a difference in my overall health relationship with myself, feeling like I'm prioritizing myself. I feel like that's the exact same thing for regular coaching. It helps to have someone help you. Like, like I think it, it's that if it, uh, if it was easy, it'd be easy. Like, it's not easy to tone your arms or to do those things correctly or train yourself. That's why there are trainers. That's why there are these people, especially, I mean... I don't know if you were a gym person before that, but like going from zero gym to gym person is like, that's the biggest step is like getting Mm. in the door. Yes. Okay. This is, this is your other, this, you brought this up. If it would, if it were easy, it'd be easy. Same exact thing for all of these convoluted decisions we're trying to make more easily, more authentically, right? Yeah. (laughs) Why don't you tell me what you got from if it were easy, it'd be easy because I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with your your use of this idea. Well, it just gives uh, validation to that things are hard because I think it's like, I feel shame if things are hard. Getting out of your comfort zone or challenging yourself, that is always hard. It never gets less hard. And I think also just culturally, there is like a, man, I think just growing up, like when I would complain about something being hard, it was that. It was complaining, don't complain, just suck it up and work harder or whatever which yeah, that's invalidating and it doesn't make it easier and it makes you kind of want to quit more. I like, at least that's my experience. So I think that validation is why I like it so much. And also it filters to everything. I think we'd all be 
I don't know, uh, flushing money down the toilet and living our best life, you know, if it was easy, I guess, you know, but it's not, uh, and it's not easy to know, to even sort of know what dream to chase. Uh, I think there's something about that. Like it's hard to even choose your dream. And I think a lot of people would maybe roll your eyes or kind of question that. We're applying this life mantra to picking which goal, like picking which next life move to make. If it were easy, it'd be easy. So if it's hard, let's just validate that it's hard and then let's get help. Well, I think there's a lot of time that is wasted or it's not wasted, but it's a lot of effort and angst about decisions and about what I should do. And I think clearing up the noise is another benefit that like happens when when we get to talk it out you know, when there's a backboard. I love it. Okay. So I could talk to you for hours and you definitely have to come back because we like barely made it into your list, but I want you to share with us some thoughts and then share with us like how the heck can we find you and tell us what you're up to because you've made decisions, you've committed to goals and you've actually like spent the year making progress on them, which I think is so much more satisfying than that place that we've all been where we're like, standing in front of our 33 goals and then months go by and we're like, dang, I never picked one and nothing's happened. Right. And wondering why nothing has happened too. Like why, why haven't these 33 goals happened? People can find me on some of those 33 things. One of them is the Naked Man podcast at Naked Man pod on Instagram and wherever you podcast. And that's basically a men's mental health podcast where I explore vulnerability, honesty through interviews with friends, new friends, strangers. And I also do monologues on that. And then I also do a Substack newsletter called Wanderings that comes out whenever it's fun, uh, which that came out of our sessions. Uh, and you can just find it at Wandering Green on Substack. Um, but that's also like linked in my link tree on Instagram, which is at Wandering Green, green with an E at the end. And then, I, yeah, I also went crazy last year and did 46 episodes of a talk show on YouTube called Movies with Friends. That is me, a movie, a friend, and then a drink or food pairing, uh, all for charity. So that still lives on and Wolf Mandy will ride again at some point, but I'm, it's not one of the 33 right now. It's, you know, number 34. All of that will be linked in the show notes. So let me ask you my three interviewee questions. Yes. What would you say to someone who is curious about joining the Decision Masters program? I would say... If you're curious, that means you have an instinct or this feeling that like that you need help or that there is help out there and to trust that instinct. I think that's kind of what this is all about. It's like I have the answers, you have the answers, just like sort of voicing them and talking them out with someone else is really helpful. And I think I don't know if you still do this. You can cut this out if you don't, but like you had a free session, like onboarding thing. Like, yeah. I, like, I think for sure, like if you're on the fence, it's an hour that will help you even if you decide no. So like, it's a no brainer to me. It's like, are you serious about wanting to get help to, to validate that feeling? Uh, and then once you are, things will happen as they will. Um, but you won't know until you follow through. Yeah. That's a meta skill, right? Having a curiosity and then like validating it enough to take one small action on it. Right. And one, I think it, it lessens the noise because all the things sound really hard and they are, but then it's like, oh, what's the next step to do? Mm. I think that's the, me and I imagine people listening on the fence. It's like, I, I know where I am right now and I'm probably not happy about it. I know where I want to be. And that feels like 
how do I, I need a plane. I need to be able to fly or teleportation that hasn't been invented yet. And I mean, I still do that every time, <laughs> like try to I skip know. a million steps because it's nice. Shortcuts are nice, but they're not really real. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's been nice taking forward. Um, I think this is the shortest shortcut. Every time I get coaching, I'm like, oh, I probably could have figured that out, but it probably would have taken me 10 years and it would have been exhausting. So like, this is the shortest shortcut. Well, like if you don't have an hour where you get to talk about the things that are bothering you, you might not come up with the solution, right? You sort of just like, oh, I can't think about that right now. I have to do the other thing that I'm worried about as I point to my cat. And I also just feel like if you're curious enough to listen to this podcast, like do yourself a favor and go a little bit further. I'm biased, but I agree. All right. <laughs> on that note, wh what kind of decision maker do you would you consider yourself to be just today, where you are today? Well, I think the what I find doing this is that it's a myth that I'm a bad decision maker. I think it's because I care about all the things and that there are a, a million different variables or they can be, you know, it's like these decisions matter to me and that's why I take them seriously. And I think before maybe that would uh, paralyze me, but now it's like these decisions can be made and I have the answers. They're just like, I have to tease them out with my backboard here, uh, you know? And so right now I feel like I certainly more confident than I was. If I'm going for like a, a buzzy word to describe my decision maker self, ooh, we got the, the garbage truck coming up. And I, I can't hear anything. <laughs> I know, but I can. And, and that, I'm trying to see what will that inspire the word. <laughs> well, no, it makes so much noise, this garbage truck going up the hill. And I think that's how it felt. Like, I, like all, there was so much noise. So I think, I, uh, I mean, that's what being decisive is, right? There's a lot less noise in there. So mm. I'm just going to say a, a more able and decisive decision maker than I was before. That's certainly true. Is that a, I don't know if that's a, like a buzzy one word answer, but that's what you get. <laughs> well, and I think what you were saying too, sounds like you're a decider decision maker, which is even less buzzy, but I, <laughs> I love it because what you were describing was like unmade decisions. Like if you don't have any place where you can like dedicate clean communication with yourself or you're prioritizing, what do I want? Then it's like, oh, I'll get to that stuff later. I'll figure it out later. I'll keep making decisions that feel out of alignment or like are unboundaried or don't actually move the shit that I care about forward. Like I'm just going to keep making deci those decisions, keeping the wheels in motion. And what I'm hearing is you were like, I need to get to those decisions. So they're just freaking decided. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that's a really good point that you like what you say about like if you don't give the like yourself that time, you kind of do your reflex decisions or your reflex yeah. answers. And I think that was also a big part of me recognizing that, oh, I didn't necessarily like that reflex or the the feeling of the people pleasing Andy who says yes to everything uh, and wants to do everything. Like that wasn't serving me anymore and was leading to, I mean, burnout and, and stuff that I, I still am facing, but it's like I did at least identify that I was heading there. Yeah. Okay. Final question. Ooh. What self-honoring decision do you want to share with us that you've made recently? Let's see. I mean, I feel like there can be several, like from the small. Uh, last week, I had a, another podcast that I was guesting on, a friend's that I was excited for. But the day of, I had a headache and I just wasn't in the space to celebrate the, the movie Cats that we should all be celebrating. 
So I, I like reached out and it was only a couple hours before, but I was like, I, I have a headache. I took, you know, took Tylenol still isn't working. It took me like the whole day kind of a little bit to be like, ah, I was teasing it out. But I did was like, mm. no, I think we should postpone it. And the podcast host was and this like aligned with me. And also I found out that she was dealing with something too. So it's like, it's really nice. Honesty begets honesty. So that was a mm. small one. I mean, I don't know if I need to come up with a bigger one, but I felt like I set myself up to do that. No, everyone always says this. They're like, this is so stupid. This is going to be so small. But it's like the small things are the big things, right? If you have a precedent set up in your life where like, if I said yes to something, I absolutely have to do it. And I have to show up as A plus Andy and I have to go above and beyond and I have to do 100% job with extra credit. Like if that's the precedent you have set up in your life, that's how you're going to operate every day, all day. It won't even occur to you that you can say, hey, I don't feel good. We can't do this right now. Yeah, you're, you're right in terms of demeaning or, or making something seem like a small decision because then it, well, A, it then has the effect of like never feeling like you made a good decision or a self-honoring decision. Like it has to be like, I quit my job or I, right. you know, finally, <laughs> finally signed the divorce papers or some like huge life thing. But all these little things stack up and sort of make you feel more yourself or more at least in alignment with like who you want to be. That's like my favorite soundbite ever. I'm going to like pull that out and I'm going to send it to you so you can take your own wisdom. Gotcha. I Dang it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I could talk to you for hours. You have to come back. And in the meantime, we'll send everybody over to the Naked Man podcast so they can binge that. That sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. And I don't know. I feel like wisdom flows when around you, you know? Oh. Well, I'll, I will receive that, but I will also write it down and bold it and send it to you in an email and be like, you said this. So, <laughs> You're good at that. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much, Andy. Thank you, Kirsten, for having Bye, me. Bye, everybody. Hey, if you loved this episode, you got to grab your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Easy Decisions. You'll get six instant solutions to get out of your head and feel certain about your next choice. Just go to kirstenparker.com forward slash guide to grab it. And make sure to subscribe so you can catch every week's episode to keep building your decision mastery and become an X overthinker. See you soon. Oh.